Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb's sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the German football podcast from the Football Grad Network. As you probably realize, I'm not Bryce Dunn, um, he's not here because it's me and Manu Veit and we're doing a quick, well, we think it's going to be about 30 minutes transfer day roundup in Germany. So, Manu, hello, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good, uh, happy the window is shut. Maybe I'll get my life back. Did you participate in any transfer deadline day shenanigans like they did in Germany? Did you have you worn a yellow tie or a yellow jumper or yellow trousers, or have you just stayed completely normal? Um, I was pretty much just glued to my computer, Chris. So Good, okay. That's pretty normal, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. Sky UK tweeted out that they wanted everybody to wear yellow for transfer deadline day, and I see the German Sky account, they've all gone yellow as well. Just wondered if you'd partaken in it. Evidently not me either. Um, right, we should just jump in, really, shouldn't we? Let's let's start. Well, let's start with the league leaders then, um, Borussia Dortmund, who obviously have brought in Leonardo Balerdi from Boca, um, but it's probably who's gone out that's worthy talking of the most. Yeah, is is this a transfer saga? Do we actually know it's completed, Chris, with Shinji no. Kagawa? <laughs> no. Um, I, I, the last thing I saw is um, he got off a plane in Istanbul on a private jet because um, Shinji Kagawa had an agreement with um, Hanover. Well, Dortmund and Hanover had an agreement. And then all of a sudden, um, Kagawa's on a plane to Istanbul. Apparently, it's up to him. Um, and I've not seen anything confirmed as yet. And it's 27 minutes past six. So the window's been shut nearly 90 minutes. I haven't seen anything. Have you? I know that Hannover said they, they didn't land this deal, um, mostly because Gagawa landed in Turkey. Um, I don't know if he's actually signed for Besiktas. Uh, remember Großkreuz? I think that's a year ago. He he's, He went to Turkey last minute deal and then the paperwork and everything and he was basically already an outgoing player but Galatasaray didn't hand in the paperwork on time so he basically couldn't play for half a year um this sounds very familiar but I, to be honest uh small dick to Hanover the current situation that they're in I would have gotten gone on a plane uh, anywhere in the world too if that was the transfer offer on the table yeah, so the the last thing that um as I've seen from um, Turkey is uh, Kago was supposed to move to Hanover. Besiktas jumped in with a loan um, agreement, and it's going to be um, around about one point five million pound purchase option from from the loan agreement. But until we see something definite from either side, I think um, we're in limbo. Probably waiting for the paperwork to be completed. I would suggest or not. Or not. Yeah. Um, so someone else who left and someone that I was um, interested in seeing play and never really got his chance, Alexander Isaac. He's only gone on loan um, to Willow in um, in the Netherlands. It's uh, it's a strange one, this, because, I mean, I remember you wrote an article on it, didn't you, Manu, way mm. back when, when he arrived, and it was hoped that he would, and I think the next Aubameyang's probably the wrong thing to say, but they were hoping he would become a, a regular player and a goal scorer, maybe like a, a centre-forward version of what Sancho's become. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I think, you know, he's a bit of a victim of this whole transition phase that Dortmund were in last year. You know, first with Bosch and then uh, first Tuchel, then Bosch, then Stöger, right? Because he was signed under Tuchel, who didn't really want him or didn't know about him. Remember that whole whole problem with the transfer? So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, in fairness, he's he's still only eight. He might be 19 now. He's still very young. And at that age, they just need to play. So I wouldn't really completely write this deal off at all. But for him to get go out to the Netherlands, the, the, the Eredivisie is great for strikers. They love developing strikers there. It's a league where strikers get lots of opportunities to play and lots of opportunities to score goals. So I wouldn't write him off completely yet. I think he just needs to play. And obviously in the Dortmund side that they have in right now, he's not going to get that playing time simply because, I mean, you look at up front, Götzen and Paco Alcázar are sharing the duty as the one nominal striker at the moment. I, I can't really see Dortmund having any room for him to play. So giving him that opportunity, I think, is the best thing they could have done. Yeah, it is. And, and we'll wait and see if he comes back or if he has an outstanding season and, and makes a permanent move. We'll wait to see. But I suppose the main... Um, transfer for Borussia Dortmund has been Christian Pulisic, who's going to Chelsea, who has gone to Chelsea, um, but he now remains at Dortmund on loan until the end of the season. Um, and I suppose Sebastian Roda has also gone out to Eintracht Frankfurt. We'll we'll get onto Frankfurt in a bit, but um, I'm still of the opinion that this move for Pulisic is still good for Dortmund predominantly. Not so sure it's good for Pulisic now with what's going on at Chelsea. They were absolutely hammered last night, four nil at Bournemouth. Um, sorry, kept his players in for well after an hour after the final whistle, talking through things or maybe shouting through things. So I think this is going to be one to keep an eye on. Is Christian Pulisic even going to play for Sorry? We wait to see. But uh, as the deal has progressed these last few weeks, I've gone now to think that this is more of a win for Dortmund than a win-win for Dortmund and the player. Well, and he hasn't played for Dortmund in the last couple of games. You know, he has, well, he has played, but he hasn't. He's not starting anymore, right? And, and you look even when when, Roy, when Royce was injured in the first game um, after the winter break against Leipzig, many would have suspected, okay, well, Pulisic is now going to come in. Even then, he didn't make the starting eleven. Um, he's he seems to have fallen behind the pecking order, even behind Philip at the moment, who um, we thought maybe could be leaving the club. So it, it is a it's an odd odd situation, I think, for Christian Pulisic because he I, I I'm still of the opinion his development has stalled. And yes, a move away might rekindle that development, but at Chelsea, um, I'm not so sure. Yeah, me either. I think that's on only time will tell if it was a good move or not um, for Pulisic, but I think it's a fantastic move for Dortmund with them getting, well, a lot, lot of money, 65 million euros for what is in essence a fourth choice player. Um, so that's pretty much Borussia Dortmund done. So then the challengers, uh, current champions and challengers for this year, still way, well, still a little bit behind Dortmund in the pecking order, um, is Bayern, who, from my um, perception as a complete outsider on this one, Manu, I think they've had a dreadful transfer window um, linked with two very, very big players, two very good players, Hernandez and um, Hudson-Odoi, and neither of them have come in. Um, this, for me, and I'll be interested to hear your opinion on this, Bayern have sort of done an Arsenal um, in this transfer window. And by that, uh, when Arsenal had um, Arsene Wenger, they very much were linked with a couple of big sign-ins. Uh, they made bids that didn't really fit. 
the club didn't sign anybody apart from a couple of youth projects, which seems to me as what's happened here in Bayern. They've gone for some really big players. Okay, they've got Alfonso Davies, but with Hernandez and hudson Adoy, there was a lot of noise behind it, and they haven't got it. They've just brought in a couple of youngsters from the States. Yeah, um, so Rummenigge said today that he had a phone call with Hassan Salihamidzic and found out that there's not going to be incoming transfers. It's, it's a quote that raised some eyebrows and has been the butt of jokes you can imagine in Munich. Süddeutsche uh, basically just quoted him and um, said, ended it with, oh, well, you know, um, the, the, that was the direct translation. And that's, um, it doesn't really speak well, I think, of Hassan Salihamidzic. I think it's okay not to land your transfer targets, Chris, but they've been so aggressive about it. Lucas Hernandez, they were really, really aggressive about, right? And then they sort of backpedaled, said, oh, we don't want to upset Atletico by triggering this release clause. And then they went really aggressively after Callum Hudson odoi And they're still certain that they're going to land this player. Um, we had a discussion about this off the pod, and we're both not so sure anymore because what would, why would Chelsea change their mind from here to the summer? And will Bayern wait until 2020 until the contract is up? I, I, I don't know, right? I don't know if it's worth to wait that long. And for for me, I think Sali Hamicic was so certain and so aggressive about all these deals. And the Bayern board was almost kind of like letting him do his own thing. I don't know if going forward he will have that kind of freedom um, in his transfers because... He he basically played the Bayern tone, but did not act Bayern-like um, in the transfer window. Yeah, I'm completely with you on this. Um, Sally Hamadich, who is on Twitter, um, believably, um, you don't see many um, you don't see many high-ranking club officials on Twitter, but he is following him on Brazo. You can see how many people he hasn't announced this transfer window. I personally think he's had a bit of a stinker, and you're quite right because clubs go after players all the time publicly, and sometimes they don't get them, but. The way that Bayern went after these two, really high level, like you said, and they haven't got either. As as we chatted off the pod and, and I said, Manchester City or PSG, I think they get both of these players because they're aggressive. I think PSG and, and City would have just gone straight to La Liga and said, here's Hernandez's release clause, thanks very much. And I think they would have done a deal with um, with Chelsea in order to get Hudson-Odoi. I know the... Reports in England are that the Hudson Odoi deal angered Chelsea because it was so public. Um, but for me, I think he's had a he's had a poor window. And you're quite right. Um, Leipzig haven't gone back in for Luckman. So what makes you think that um, Bayern are going to go back in for Hudson Odoi? Will he get his chance at Chelsea? Probably not, because he wasn't given a chance yesterday. He didn't even make the um, match day 16. So he looks like he's not getting um, game time there at the moment. I would have expected though for them to announce a deal has been agreed for the summer. And even that hasn't happened. So, yeah, Bayern Munich, it's a bit of a strange one. But maybe let's talk uh, who they have brought in um, predominantly. So someone you know quite well, Manu. It is. It's kind of, well, first of all, Alfonso Davies, that deal is done, right? We talked about that plenty. Um, then, of course, the the young American defender, Richards. And then Tyler Booth, um, who, in fairness, is, is, a, is a talented young American midfielder they, they found they found him a european passport i was joking to you have him you know an italian passport tyler booth is his name um must have been an italian grandmother somewhere chris because that name doesn't suggest italian heritage at all 
But um, they actually, he's been training on and off and been on their radar for more than a year. I actually wrote an article on him a year ago. And I guess they now found the EU citizenship that he requires, right? Because you, if you're under 18, you have to have an EU passport to make that move. So that deal is done. Um, should we talk about outgoing players? Yeah, yeah, yeah well? we should, because, because there's one big outgoing from Bayern, isn't there? And Someone yeah. who, when he moved, I thought it was a strange move for him because he was doing so well at Hoffenheim. He was getting game time. He was getting the goals. He touted himself as Germany's best striker, and he moved to Bayern, and it all went pretty flat. And that was Sandro Wagner. He's um, he's gone to China. Yeah, the the, the German slatter. Um, he's going to make seven and a half million euros. In well, China. He's, he's going to make yes. a lot more than I think he would have done at Bayern. Um, it's just whether he's going to be happy. We've seen players go to China and, and not last a cause. I think Anthony Modesta is probably the best example of that, um, as well as plenty of other um, players from South America who've gone over to China and Europe and have quickly made the move either back to the Bundesliga or back to another top five league in Europe. Um, it's a strange one, this, though. I think the World Cup killed him personally. I think that mentally took everything away from him. He wasn't included in that squad. He wasn't getting playing time. He's probably gone and done what's best for him and for his family and for his future. He's gone for a massive um, a massive payday in China. I'm, I'm just assuming that the football will come second for him there. Yeah, I, you know, Chris, I think I would almost have liked him to come maybe over this way to the United States. I think that would have been... For him as a brand and as a player, better. Um, China seems to be just a cash cow. But yeah, I, I, I get it too on a personal level because they can't make... They, they, their playing career is short, right? And he now earns the same amount of money than Robert Lewandowski does at Bayern and doesn't pay very, very much in taxes in China, I assume. So for him on a personal level, it's a good deal. But I have, the big question mark for me is, um, we, we talked about all these failed incoming players. Remember, Lewandowski's been so offensive about um, wanting to have a competitor in the squad. Now he's alone again um, in that side. That's very thin. You know, just one striker. They still want to challenge on all fronts. Yeah, it is. And, and should anything happen to Lewandowski, I think Bayern may be in a little bit of trouble unless they change their system to to maybe accommodate a forward three. That's something that Kovac would have to do. But yes, it is. Um, it's a strange one letting him go. And when this was muted, that Wagner was going, I immediately thought maybe they were going to tie down the Werner deal, not for now, but for the summer. But that hasn't happened either. Um, that's that's pretty much it for Bayern. Uh, next on the list is Borussia Mönchengladbach, who have had no one come in, and they've just sent Laszlo Benes out on loan to host in Kiel. So we probably don't need to talk about um, Gladbach, but we will move on to Leipzig, who have brought in Tyler Adams um, and Hidara. Also brought in Wolf, but not till next summer. That deal's been agreed with Salzburg. Now, don't forget the two clubs are not connected in any way. And that's just another two signings made from that club. That's just coincidental. Um, uh, Felix um, Bezadorf has been released, so we probably don't need to chat about him. Let's talk a little bit about the two that have come in, um, Adams and Hidara. I, I, lo I love the Adams signing. Um, I got to see him quite a bit over here. And I... I wrote a big story about him and I think it was in September when, when it pretty much became apparent that, that he was going to Leipzig. Um, a, similar to 
to the Salzburg club, um, Leipzig and New York are not, not attached in any way. <laughs> um, so basically he was just called up. Right. But I, I love that the, the 90 minutes he played, um, this weekend, Chris, he was, he looked like he was at home at, at Leipzig. And I assume it will be the same for Haidara and it will probably be similar for, for Wolf. I mean, Haidara, um, he's injured at the moment. The, he, he had an, he has an ACL injury that will keep him out likely until March. They, they decided to conclude this deal anyways, because he was going to come in, um, in the summer otherwise. So I guess it doesn't really matter because they, they, the medical, big medical facilities are all at the Fuchelamsee anyway. So all the big red, all the Red Bull clubs, including, um, Red Bull athletes, they have big medical facilities in Fuchelamsee in Austria. So I, I guess it doesn't really matter if he does that in a Salzburg shirt or a Leipzig shirt. They're pretty much the same, right? So um, I guess they wanted to bring him in early and then maybe slowly feed him in into the system. And I, I'm really excited about Haidara. He's another player that I've seen live a few times when, when we covered Salzburg. So I'm really, really, really much looking forward to see him play. And I think together with Adams, Haidara, Wolf next year, they're going to have a really exciting midfield. They will. And and yes, they're all Red Bull related. So we probably won't linger on that because we both enjoy going there and drinking copious amounts of free Red Bull. So uh, we won't want to upset anybody there. Um, let's move on to Wolfsburg, who um, haven't had anybody come in for a team that's trying to fight for top four. Uh, I think that might be a little bit, but they have had a few people go out most notably um, Bruma's gone to Schalke and every commentator and journalist favorite player Jakob Blazowski has been released Blaszikowski <laughs> it was close uh, wasn't it it was funny. close it was close just call him Kuba that's what it, you know that's the, the short form um interesting he's gone back to Poland he was supposed to sign for Wisla Krakow that that club went belly up um, bankrupt because the investors pulled out and um, he's actually now one of the owners and going to play for yeah, the club Yeah, I saw as that. Well. That's got a so, really nice backstory to it, hasn't it? He's going to plough his own yeah. money in um, and, and help keep the club afloat, which I think is is a rarity these days. And he, he must have done well saving all his money. He's not spent it on gold Ferraris or Lamborghinis. He's going to plough it back into a local club in a local town, which I think's great for him. Um, that That's Wolfsburg done and dusted and now let's move on i think who i'm going to christen the big winners of um transfer deadline day and that's eintracht frankfurt and they've had a lot of people come in uh, and a lot of people go out a couple of um lower names have gone on loans etc but we've had a couple of big moves one mainly to um liga mx and i think it's the incomings that we should talk about let's start with the latest one manu tuta yeah so um my i spoke to someone in Brazil about this Gustavo Hoffman who we both chatted to and I've, I've met um, several times he is the ESPN correspondent for Brazil he's um, I think he's he, he, imagine him uh, the Rafael Honigstein of uh, Brazilian football and um, he lives in Sao Paulo so I was able to chat to him about this because this is this is a very unknown player he's he's very young um, he's predominantly played in you know how in Brazil they have um, a national championship but then all the different regions play a regional championship on top of that and that's where he's mostly played so this is what Gustavo told me he's a promising dis- defender um, hasn't played as a professional yet mostly just in the Cuba Sao Paulo which is the regional championship but he's um, he's considered a very good talented ball playing defender um, very tall still needs to work on his 
strength, which fair enough um, in his age coming over from to Europe. That makes sense. But yeah, I think when you look at when you look at what Bobic usually does, he's very good at identifying players like that. And he only paid 1.8 million euros for him, Chris, which for a Brazilian player in the current market is not a lot. Um, they own 70% of his economic rights. So I guess when they sell him on one day, 30% of that will go to Sao Paulo. But still, I would say it's a very low risk deal that could reap high rewards. It is, and, and that's why I think as we go on and talk about the other players that come in, I think Frankfurt, not only are they doing exceptionally well on the pitch at the moment, they seem to be um, neck and neck with Dortmund for how they're conducting themselves off the pitch, especially in the boardroom and behind the scenes. Um, they also brought in someone from AS Monaco, Torre. Um, what can you tell us about him, Manu? So again, I had to speak to someone else about him because I didn't know that much. And in this case, I went to Thomas Farines, who a lot of our football grad listeners know, um, because he follows the French league very closely. He's French, French Brazilian, so I could have probably asked him about Tuta as well. But um, yeah, he says he's very highly rated, athletic defender. Um, would have been very difficult to get for Frankfurt if Monaco didn't have all these problems. I mean, this is a club that fired Jardim, brought in Henry, and then fired Henry and brought back Jardim as a coach. And as a result, there has been a big turnover of new players coming and going. So they kind of missed out on signing um, Toure to a new contract. And um, as a result, he would have been without a contract in the summer. So Frankfurt got him for almost next to nothing. And he's a, a national team player of Mali. And yeah, Thomas Farines just told me great signing for Frankfurt. So once again... Bobic went in, he saw an opportunity and he took it. He did indeed and he's also taken the opportunity to bring in two players on loan who we both know very well, Martin Hintergerger from Augsburg who I saw crowned on Twitter as the new FC Hollywood for reasons we'll go into when we get to them um, but they've also brought in Sebastian Roder from Borussia Dortmund. It seems that they're filling their squad with um, players with a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of experience because I know we've said on the on the full Gagan Pressing podcast that we think the Champions League might be a step too far for them, but it looks like they're starting to build maybe towards that next season or the season after. Yeah, it definitely looks like that. I, I, Order actually, um, he played this weekend and he wasn't. You didn't really notice it at all. Which, when you considered his position as a, as a central defensive midfielder, it's a good thing, right? That's the kind of position where you where you don't notice a player. That's that's what you want want to have. So. He, he fitted in right in in this Frankfurt side, despite not playing very much for Dortmund. So I actually think um, this is a good signing. And uh, yeah, Martin Hinteregger. Should we talk about this now or should we wait until we actually get I think to we should make people wait until we get to Augsburg. And, and okay, well, this it is, is a good story. story. <laughs> and we should probably tell people if they're listening now, um, just go and put some popcorn on. If you just um, walk with your podcast playing, your earphones in, go and put some popcorn on. And by the time it's ready, you'll be ready to sit down and eat it and listen to Augsburg's story. Um, before we move away from Frankfurt, let's chat about one major departee, really. Salcedo has gone to Tigres, another club who you and Bryce know well from covering Mexican football. Yeah, he wanted to go home uh, for personal reasons. This is this is not, um, this has nothing to do with 
financial aspects. Uh, although Frankfurt did get a get a nice sum, they got nine million euros for him in the end, which is which is good money. I, I think they only signed him for four and a half, five million. So they made money on this deal, but they didn't really want to let him go. But Carlos Salcedo, they didn't specify what exactly it was, but he wanted to go home. Um, so they said, okay, fine, if the good offer comes in, it, which it did. Tigres is a very good club in Mexico, a club that wins um, a lot of titles and um, is is basically the most successful club in the last 10 years in the, in the country and also the richest club. So they, they made him a good offer and gave him the opportunity to go back home. And I, I'm pretty sure that Carlos Salcedo wants his, whatever it is that he had to take care of at home, that we'll probably see him again in Europe because he's a very good defender. Yes, and, and that's pretty much it really for Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, Nikolai Muller has gone to Hanover on loan. Um, we'll wait and see if he can rescue what looks to be a doom situation there or help rescue a doom situation. So let's move on to Hoffenheim. They've only brought one incoming at the moment. Lucas Ribeiro dos Santos has come from Vitoria. And um, what do you know about him, Manu? Yeah, so again, I had to use our Brazilian connection here um, because I did not know much about him. I know that Hoffenheim loved to sign Brazilians, and this is this is number fifteen that they sign. We can get anything delivered from furniture to toilet paper, and now adult beverages with Drizzly. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly's giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code EASY5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. A lot of the listeners, of course, know one that they brought in initially from Brazil, a relatively unknown attacking midfielder who is now shooting the lights out in the Premier League. Um, Firmino, yeah, yeah, right? he's, he's, um, he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all right. I think they discovered him all the way back in the Brazilian second division, actually. So this is this is a club that really knows what they're doing. And um, Ribeiro... Is is a is a very very good defender from what I've here heard. So Gustavo hooked me up with a source in Salvador, where Vitoria, the club that Ribeiro played for, is based. And basically, Vitoria they got relegated last season from the Serie A to the Serie B. Um, and because of, because of that relegation battle, they, they they didn't trust any of their top players and actually played Ribeiro for most of the games towards the second half of the season. I then looked at the stats. And despite him playing for a team that was going down, he played really well. He was one of the best defenders despite only being 18 years old. So I think Hoffenheim, once again, they they looked at the Brazilian market. They saw a player that has a lot of potential. Like we said earlier with Tattoo, um, this is going to be one that's not going to have an impact right away. I could even see him them loaning out Lucas Ribeiro maybe next summer sent him like similar to Joe Linton, right? Would have sent to um, Austria for two years to learn the language, 
to play a similar style of football and then he came back and Joe Linton has been excellent and um, I think they could maybe do something similar with Lucas Ribeiro who, who looks like a really good um, defensive talent overall. And Hoffenheim have had some outgoings and, and we'll get to them for their particular clubs when they get there but um, Akbukmug has gone to Hanover and Vincenzo Grifo has gone back to Freiburg. We can chat about that when we get to Freiburg. Um, and then the other one of probably main note is um, Stephen Zuber has gone to um, VF um, Stuttgart or VfB Stuttgart even. Um, so let's move on to Hertha who haven't brought anybody in and pretty much haven't let anybody go of, of worthy note. Um, and the same for um, Bayer Leverkusen, which is a strange one for me because although they've got a good squad, I would have thought Bosch would have maybe tried to bring someone in, Manu. So I'm a little surprised um, that Leverkusen haven't seen any activity this day, on today, or in fact the whole of the month. Yeah, it is a strange one, especially because the club said that they felt the squad was good enough. Um, but when you read between the lines, it almost sounded like, well, we don't know if you're going to be here in half a year. So we don't <laughs> That's exactly what it smells like to me. Um, we don't really know if you're going to be here in the summer. So um, if you want someone, let's talk about it then. Um, so yeah. um, Werder Bremen then, they brought in um, Romano Schmidt from um, Red Bull Salzburg. That is correct. Another German side have signed a player from Salzburg that isn't Leipzig. Um, what can our listeners expect to see um, see him bring to a Werder side who have, have done particularly well in the start of the season, maybe gone off a little bit um, towards the end of the first part, but now look like they could be forming some sort of European push. I think that Werder play really good football, Chris. I just don't think the results have been there. It's it's kind of like a strange one. The Frankfurt game was a good example, right? They, they play good football, but the results are just not there. Um, about Romano Schmid, Schmid um, we, I don't think we're going to see much of him in this season i think this is one again this is one that they the clubs are an opportunity they could land him now so they brought him in and they're going to take their, their time to develop this kid uh, maybe in in their second side similar to, to what they did with josh Sargent, right who played um a pretty much almost an entire year in with werder bremen 2 in the regionalliga and has then been moved up and has done very well so i could see them doing something similar with romano schmid or maybe even loan him out um, next summer if there's an opportunity for that perfect um, their outgoings not particularly exciting there's lists all over the internet if you want to have a look at them but mentioned him a, um, a while ago a few moments ago um, and we'll move to Freiburg Vincenzo Grifo has come back home I think this is a brilliant move not just for him but for the club as well because um, they were I think they were really hampered by the loss of Grifo and Philip. Obviously, Philip went to Dortmund at the, at the same time. Um, I'll be interested to see what he can bring back to that side now and maybe if he can help them push on, climb up the table just a little bit. Yeah, I like the signing a lot because I think Grifo is a good player. He just hasn't, he didn't get the opportunities that we expected him to get at, at Hoffenheim, right? And with them being out of Europe, the opportunities are going to be even less. So I think this is a great signing, great homecoming. He's going to play for who I think is one of the best coaches in the Bundesliga, Christian Streich, and I'm pretty sure he will get the best out of him. Perfect. Let's move on to Mainz, who um, coming in, um, Zugang, null. Um, Abnang going out, null. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a nil-nil for Mainz. Um, <laughs> But 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 Chris, yes. the, the carnival yeah, shirt. Yeah, they, yeah, they and, and socks as well. Everyone likes carnival shirt and socks. Um, yeah. So Schalke then, who've brought in a couple of interesting players. Um, I think 
everyone will know Jeffrey Bruber, who they brought in from Wolfsburg, and I think we can understand why they brought him in. Um, and I think he, he may do well under Tedesco, but it's a young lad from Manchester City, Rabbi Matondo, who's come in. Um, and is he the next Jaden Sancho? Question mark. I said he is maybe the next Leroy Sané. And um, in two, for two different reasons, Chris. So first of all, they signed him for 9 million euros. But Manchester City have a buyback clause for 50 million euros. So that would be the same price that uh, Schalke received for Leroy Sané. Um, I think this this is a good deal all around because it's low risk, right? If Ravi Matondo does as well that someone is willing to pay 50 million euros for him, then Schalke have done a very, very good business transaction. For City, if for City, 50 million euros, I mean, they're owned by one of the oil wealthiest countries in the world. I, I don't think they really care that much. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going back either because we remember Torgan Hazard joined Gladbach with a buyback clause and eventually actually ended up staying. I mean, the player also needed, also the player needs to want to go for back first. Um, that's always a prerequisite with a buyback clause. Remember, they can actually say, no, I want to stay. But about Matondo himself, I mean, we spoke to someone who knows the academies in England really well. Um, sort of our little secret source and he called him a rapid flying machine very fast technically very gifted great in one-on-one -on -one situation I, I wrote an article with some of the stats on fußballstadt.com so if you want to if you want to dive into that a little bit go check it out over there but I think Rabi Matondo has the potential to do really well and we have seen in the past players come over from England do really well, but it's not been easy for every single one. Everyone looks at Jaden Sancho and says, oh, well, that was a huge success. There was also been a few that didn't have it that easy. So I think um, that's something to keep in mind. Even someone like Lookman, who did really well the last few games um, with Leipzig, struggled in the beginning a little bit. So I think we can't expect everyone to do a Jaden Sancho in the Bundesliga. Yes, and I think him getting that tag of even the next Leroy Sané will heap a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Um, Schalke have had a few outgoings, and most notably Raman Baba's gone back to Chelsea. I don't think anyone's surprised at that. Uh, but something that did take us by all, or took us all by surprise, um, was Naldo, and he's gone for some reason to Monaco. Whilst players are trying to get out of there, um, he, he's gone the other way. And it's a, it's a strange move, this for me, and, and a player of his stature and a player of his capability moving on somewhere like Monaco. What does that say about players who want to stay and play under Tedesco? Yeah... You know my opinion about that. I think Schalke has been too much of a revolving door. Um, they have lost a little bit of their identity. Naldo is such a was such a big personality, and um, they've done it now a couple of times. The the whole Fairman situation, for example, which I talked about in the, in the last part in great length. So I don't want to get into it here. But um, Chris Naldo went to Monaco and managed to get sent off with two straight red cards in the first three That's games. Exceptional, exceptional performance. Um, so we'll move on to Fortuna Dusseldorf, who've had a lot of ingoings and outgoings, and unsurprisingly for Dusseldorf, they're they're on, should we say, a lower level. Um, players who I think they might have heard of. Obviously, Drobny has come from Bremen, um, who our listeners may have heard of and Marcus Sutner has come from Brighton and Hove Albion on loan until the end of the season so I think we'll wait and see how they go but if Fortuna can just stay in the league um, do we expect any bigger names coming in in the summer um, I mean 
I don't think they can afford to sign Luka Bakayoko for the sort of money um, that Watford wants. Um, but it will be it will be interesting to see who Lutz brings in. Um, and I think in the summer this seems more of a, a a window where they brought players in. I know there's a couple of options to buy in there, but players who may help them just secure Bundesliga status. David Kovnatsky is one to watch out uh, to look out for Chris. He's a very good sign. Of course, he's come and, from yeah from Sampdoria um, on on loan with an option yeah. to buy. So yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Um, it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Now, hopefully, everybody's popcorn is ready and you've put some salt or some butter on it, <laughs> depending on if you like sweet or salty <laughs> popcorn. Um, let's go to Augsburg. Now, everybody who listens to the Gagan Pressing podcast regularly will know that Manu and Augsburg don't have the best of loving relationship. And this is purely because um, he's, he's Bavarian and Augsburg and München are like a rival cities and rival clubs. So um, I'm going to hand over Augsburg completely to you to deal with in your best unbiased way. Yeah. Um, oh, God, Chris, that's going to be difficult. So shall we start with who they brought in? Because I think there's, we have to start with a positive first here, right? And that's Reese Oxford, which is a signing that I thought um, we would never see in the Bundesliga again because Gladbach tried, like, this is another transfer saga, Gladbach tried really hard to sign him on a permanent deal and just didn't get it done. And um, surprisingly, he didn't then play very much at West Ham. So he's getting another opportunity in the Bundesliga to play for Augsburg, and uh, he will be, he will be playing a lot because Augsburg lost uh, Martin Hinteregger to Eintracht Frankfurt, and uh, this is this has been a standout defender. The reason they lost him though is because they suspended him after he said on television when asked if there's anything positive to say about head coach Manuel Baum, he said no. So <laughs> that is the best way to get suspended <laughs> and they also pushed out a um they also pushed out a, a press statement as well to to that effect yeah it's been a it's been a strange time for Augsburg but like you i am shocked and and shocked is is probably the best word that they've brought in Reese Oxford i can only imagine that um the people over in in Gladbach, Erbel, etc., even Hecking as the coach, will be thinking, "How have they brought in Reese Oxford when we wanted him so badly?" Jens Lehmann, new assistant coach at uh, Augsburg. Speaking of drama, we'll get lots now. <laughs> in what way? <laughs> uh, you know, Jens Lehmann. Have you ever? Yes, yes, I have seen him as a television uh, commentator, um, and I've also seen him from when he was his time when he was at Arsenal. He is quite outspoken. I, I'm just thinking, uh, can you be? If anybody has is, has got no idea and is looking for maybe an, a, an well, he's not British or English, he's Irish. Let's say he's a bit Roy Keenish, so he will say exactly what is on his mind. Yes, and he, he will he will tell you exactly what he's thinking, and he doesn't care if you're upset by it or not. I don't know if that's probably the best um, the best personality to bring in when you're down in what we've christened is, is a fight for the relegation playoff place. I, I saw one comment in German media, and he's, he's the number two behind Manuel Baum, head coach Manuel Baum. And the comment in the media was, 
Jens Lehmann has never been a good number two. Oh, well, um, it's getting worse for Augsburg. That's, that's probably the best bit we can say that. Let's end on a positive for them, that it's going to get worse. Um, and now we're into the home straight. There's only a couple of um, clubs left. We can pretty much discount Nuremberg because um, they haven't brought anyone really of, of, of note in. Let's quickly chat about um, Hanover then, right down in the brown sticky stuff in the mire. They've brought in quite a lot of players. Um, it's going to be interesting. Where should we start? Let's probably start with Nikolai Muller, um, who's come in from Frankfurt on loan. And um, Akpomba, who's come in from Hoffenheim on loan. Let's start with those two, really. Um, can they save Hanover's season? Yes or no? No. Excellent. Well, and that, that's pretty much it. No. Hanover have, have brought in quite a few players and... I know that there, were, there was a British pundit who was berated for saying that signings were uninspiring, and that's because he hadn't heard of them. That was Danny Mills in the UK when talking about Newcastle's record signing. Um, but for me, the players they brought in on, I don't know, are they really going to help? Obviously, they've recalled um, Giannis from Corinthians. Is he going to get game time? And and really want game time. I would be livid if someone had called me back from um, from Brazil in the midst of a German winter. Um, so I think it's going to be real difficult for them. Um, and and Manu's answered the question, which really leaves us with Stuttgart. Um, a couple of comings ins, a couple of going out. As we've talked about already, the main outgoing for them will be um, Benjamin Pavard in the summer going to Bayern Munich. Um, but let's see who they've brought in. Um, S. Fine from Hertha Berlin on a loan. Good business for Stuttgart, who are also in the sticky stuff. Yeah, this beat. I, I actually thought that both S. Wine and Suba did really well in the game against Bayern. I, we, we chatted about that in great length on a big podcast, right? But I, I, I thought that Stuttgart actually played well despite losing that game 4-1. And the run of the reasons was that Suba and S. Wine brought lots of speed whenever they went on the counter-attack. So although S. Wine didn't play a lot at Hertha, I think this could be one that could help them. Same with Steven Suber. Um, again, I think that's that's a signing that could yeah, help and them. I think Stuttgart probably looked as good as I've seen them play in, in months. And although, yes, they did get battered in the end, uh, when it was 1-1, at some point it could have gone either way at Bayern Munich. So um, we'll be interested to see how all these players got on. And, and typically for German um, standards and German way of approaching transfer business. Quite a lot of these deals were done earlier on in the window. There's not been that much to um, really go mad about. Um, and so I think, Manu, that, that's that's it from, from me and you on the transfer special. Thanks very much for listening. You can catch us back in our normal slot, um, which will be released on a Monday and Bryce will be hosting. Thanks very much for your time. And for the moment, I'll feed the same. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.